0: Welcome to Your True Calling. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Dr. Michelle Chapel, a psychologist and a rock star. I've helped thousands of people find their true purpose by discovering their one-of-a-kind superpowers. Each week, I'll share tools and client success stories to help you find gifts you don't know you have so that you can thrive in a career that fills your soul, and passion projects that make you feel whole. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be talking to Rudy Zambrano today. He is a fantastic hairstylist and one of the kindest people I have ever met. I really admire Rudy for how he's had to overcome so many obstacles as a gay Latino man who always wanted to become a hairstylist, but the people around him wanted him to become an architect. He persevered and followed his calling anyway, and it's really important that you hear his story because the number one regret of the dying is that they did not live a life true to themselves. Instead, they did what others expected of them. We're also going to talk about how Rudy developed his kindness superpower and how you and I can do it, too. Let's get into it. Hi, Rudy. Thanks so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Hi, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really
0: glad you're here. I wanted to talk to you because you are one of the kindest people I've ever met, and you're also the best hairstylist, too. So (laughs) those are two big superpowers.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate it too, because I've been the recipient of both and it's been wonderful. So let me just explain. This podcast helps people find their unique gifts and passions that come naturally to them, but they may not know that they have yet. So i like to interview people. Who know what theirs are, and you're one of those people. So I would really like to talk about kindness first, if that's okay with you.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because that's how we met. Yes. Do you, yeah. Yeah, I'd like yes. to hear it from your point of view, because I had this whole little thing I was going to say, but I actually would want to hear what from your point of view
1: first, and then I'll tell you what my point of view was. Awesome. Yeah. First day when I met you, um you seemed very lost. I just I got off work myself, and I saw you, and you were just <laughs> Confused. That kind of remind me uh, when I first moved here to Portland. You know, um I was sort of kind of lost. You know, and yeah. I wish someone could just kind of like guide me and be like. So I just, I, I just saw someone that needed help, and it was a busy day that day. It was a Rose Parade. Crazy people everywhere. It was super busy. Yeah. So yeah, that so was. I. It was. It was just nice. I just feel like really happy when I help people. It just fulfills me. It's just like, it's something like, just like when I do my hairdressing, you know, um, seeing people's smiles and faces, their reaction is my, it's my hate kind of. And I mean, that's how I, I get satisfaction out of that.
0: Oh, well, gosh, I want to, gosh, that makes me want to talk about something I wasn't going to talk about right away, but I will do it. Did you know? Sorry. You no, it's okay. This happens all the time. I was just looking it up this morning, but I, I remembered this that when you practice kindness it actually releases uh serotonin and dopamine in the brain and those are neurotransmitters that are feel good neurotransmitters they promote well-being and so actually when you're kind to others it's kind of like being kind to yourself
1: yourself yeah yeah very true i agree with you okay <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
0: well i was going to tell you from my point of view it was my first gig in portland And because of the parade, I had to park really far away, as you know, and there were all tours and I was lost. And, you know, I'm pretty small. I'm 4'11". And I, my guitar is huge. And I was so lost and I was walking everywhere and hundreds of people passed me by and could tell I was struggling. And at one point, a guy, a big guy looked at me and said, Oh, that's a big guitar for such a tiny lady and then he walked by laughing and I put my guitar down and I oh my god I just (laughs) cried and at that point I prayed please god help me and then I heard your voice say do you need help with that you you seriously came right at that moment
1: yeah yeah I remember that um and it was it was I seen you it was like she needs help she's she's lost and I believe I'm not sure if you were familiar with downtown or not. No, like- uh, yes, yeah, so I work in downtown. And I don't know. I did, at that point, I didn't know much about the businesses because I just moved, you know, from LA, and I think they made it maybe like a year at that point. Okay. And so then when I saw you, <clears throat> sorry, when I saw you, I I was like, okay. I don't know much of the place that you're looking for, but we're gonna do this together. We're gonna. I'm gonna carry your guitar, and we're gonna find you this place where you're gonna have your concert or something like that. You were playing that night. It turned out to be really beautiful because I stayed. I enjoy your music. I got to know you more, and it was amazing.
0: It was well. It was the place. It's called is called the Big Lebowski. Remember that? It's a fashion. Yeah. Of the uh, the Big Lebowski. So it's exactly. got the Russians, which I bought for you, I, as I, I recall, and uh yeah. the uh, statue of the dude. <laughs> and that kind of thing so it was very yeah you stayed and i toasted you and everybody toasted you it was it ended up being yes. eating it was i was going to be late i was not going to make it on time if it hadn't been for you
1: and i feel like like you were saying you know kindness you know can get can get just different experiences in life but i've experienced myself you know when i'm kind to of people it's an experience for me you know it's not just being kind it's like experiencing something beautiful so for example that night you know i had a great experience getting to know you i enjoyed enjoying your music and everyone cheering and yay rudy you know and it was like wow that's it's really nice and someone can really make you feel even like better you know it was, it, it was amazing it was amazing and then i remember you lost your car too i know i couldn't, couldn't find it I
0: remember where i parked because there were so many detours i took and um mm, I'm not good at following directions anyway. I mean, I, I don't know what that is about. That is not my superpower. I have superpowers, but that's like not one of them. So um, yeah. So then you also helped me go back to my car and get my other guitar. And the other thing about that night was that I had fractured a rib. So right. I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to sing because I was ha- having a hard time breathing on top Breaking. of it. That's why I couldn't believe people just, but I don't know. It's a weird question. You don't have to answer it if it's too weird. But why do you think people just pass somebody by in need? Like, what's the deal with that?
1: People don't really, they don't take the time to ask others if they're okay. You know, I feel like for this modern life, everyone's just busy on their phone, social media. And, you know, it's, I like to just kind of sit back and watch people. Mm. You know I mean, I, and I just like to see that, you know, their expressions and all stuff. You know, you can see when someone's worried. I feel like society nowadays is just very, it's gone to a point where it's very introverted, you know, even though you, you, you're extroverted with your friends and whatever, you know, but yeah. then outside in public, it's hard to approach someone or it's either, uh, or they're afraid, you know. Mm. Um, it's really hard to just approach a a stranger nowadays, you know, uh, without feeling like a sense of like, oh my God, am I being attacked? Is there something wrong? You know what I mean? we are just busy in their world and, you know, and, and yeah. But that's, that's my point of view about, you know, why people don't, you know, can't really, you know, like, Hey, you know, can you do any help? You know, I know like, I can see that you're struggling, you know, and there's so many times when I'm driving and I see someone's, you know, with a flat tire or someone needs to help. Hey, do you need help? Hey, do you know? Because sometimes I'm even afraid to ask people that, to ask them, are you okay? Do you need help? Because it's like, I don't know the reaction that they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, that I'm gonna get from them. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I feel like now, this world that we live in, it's very just like caring for oneself, and that's it. Yeah. You stop caring for others at some point, I feel like.
0: (sighs) I agree. I agree. That's why, like I said, hundreds of people pass me by. And I, I don't. I do pray, but usually, honestly, when I'm really in a tough spot. So for me to pray was unusual. And for you to appear within a minute of that was, I thought, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whenever you put your mind to something, you you can attract that. At that, that point, you needed help. And you just, you were like, I really need help, please, someone just help me. And boom, it was like right there, you know, Um, I feel like if we use, I I feel like our minds are so powerful and if we use our minds just for that, you know, I feel like we can achieve a lot of good things.
0: Yes, that's very, very true. I mean, I grew up to really have to take care of myself, so I, I don't ask for help. But I do remember when that big guy passed me by and kind of laughed at me. I do remember thinking, why didn't you offer to help? And that's when I thought, maybe I need help. (laughs) (laughs) It hadn't even occurred to me because I thought I could tough it out. But I, yeah, it was like an hour of being lost. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is, do you remember always being kind or did something happen to make you kinder? Or what's your story with that?
1: It's the way I was raised, you know, the values that my mother gave me, you know, Always, you know, help people. Always, you know, be there for others. Don't expect anything back in return. Um, Those are the values that that I was raised with, you know. And also, you know, growing up, it was a little struggle. So then, my mom would would always say, "Hey, if you have a piece of bread, and there's two or three people, break it up in three or four pieces, and give someone a piece." That was very meaningful because that helped me a lot. And that helped me a lot. And that kind of like that's my piece of bread that I always kind of like like to spread to strangers. I like to go around and just like, can I help you with something? You know, at at the store, Target, Walmart. You know, when I see a lot of like, especially ladies that like, I'm like, okay, that looks a little heavy. Can I help you with that? Sometimes they're like, yes, please, thank you so much. Other people are like, no, thank you, or get away from me. You know, I would just wanted to spread or oh, you know, extend some help. Yeah. But I feel like my kind started when I was young.
0: Yeah, your mother instilled very good values in you.
1: She sure did. She is she was very strict. She's a mother of twelve, but that's another whole story. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, you don't have to get
1: into that if you don't want. So then she was very strict, you know. She was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Uh she my dad passed it when I was three. So then she had to be like, Okay, guys, this is what we're gonna do. Okay. And she was very, you know, like there was there was only one way for her at that point, you know, I can understand, you know, being a mother with 12 kids, it's a lot. Um, So for me, it was always like, okay, help your brother, your siblings, help everyone else, you know, and we're a team and we're going to do this together, you know? And if someone else out there, you know, needs help, let's send our our hands to those people, so. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm sorry that you, I'm sorry you had those struggles, I really am, but it sounds like you were able to turn lemons into lemonade
1: exactly that's what you do you know that's what you do some things in life you just can't control and then you just have to make something better out of that you know um when i'm in in such you know tough spots or whatever i always like to think to myself this is going to pass and it's going to get better it's not going to last forever you know i just keep repeating that to myself because mentally that helps me you know um might change my mindset so yeah
0: I don't know if you have any advice, but if you do, <laughs> is there anything that you could say to listeners about how they could build their own kindness muscles? Cause I I think there are other people have flabbier kindness muscles than you.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I just feel like it's like fitness in a way, you know, it's like you have to train yourself. You have to like, um, uh, work, work out that, you know, your, your mind, for me, that's what I actually kind of, it was uh, every morning I wake up, I go to the gym and I meditate a little bit. I do at least, you know, like three, five minutes. Sometimes I have plenty of time on days off where I meditate for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I just, I embrace everything that happened to me yesterday, the day before, you know, I kind of like look back and say, okay, you know what? It's, it was a great day, you know, even though it was a hard day at work, it was good. You know, I'm thankful for like being, you know, having a job having a salary, you know, having a house, you know. So it start, starts with being me, you know, and being good to myself. Yeah. But I, I'm going to do it to someone else. Always, you know, I always like to compliment people outside on the street. I like your hair. I like your shoes. I like your style, you know, because who, who, who doesn't want to carry your compliments on the street, right? Even if, we can always, you can always see someone and compliment something and say something good about a person instead of something negative about that person.
0: I agree. I actually do that too. I do that. Yeah. And yeah. I really like that advice. I was just reading this morning that one of the ways to be kind or to yourself is to say kind things to yourself. And a second way is to practice gratitude. And you just said both of those things.
1: I think it starts with oneself and then you can just spread that along, you know, to other people.
0: Okay, dear listeners, I wanted to pause here to check in with you. Rudy is such a gem, and he's pretty darn wise too. The Dalai Lama said that in order to develop compassion, to practice with yourself first and then begin to embrace others. Rudy said that kindness is a spirit of helpfulness. Being generous and considerate without expecting anything in return. Rudy said that practicing kindness has been shown to increase self esteem, empathy, and compassion. It also decreases blood pressure and the stress hormone cortisol. People who are kind are healthier and live longer and feel more connected to others. So there's a big payoff in being kind. I think of kindness and compassion and gratitude as universal superpowers that almost all people can develop with intention and practice. There are some exceptions, though. The dark triad personality, narcissistic, Machiavellian, and psychopathic people lack empathy, and tend to take advantage of others by lying, cheating, stealing, and bullying to get what they want. Luckily, most people aren't like this. The rest of us can develop kindness and compassion. That's why I call it a universal superpower. And I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read more about the dark triad. To develop a kindness practice, just ask yourself, how can I be kind today to yourself and to others? You know, I wrote a song called A Little Act of Kindness for the Dalai Lama that I was told was hand delivered to him for his birthday some years ago. And in it, I make some suggestions for how we can be kinder. So I'm just gonna share a little snippet here rather than tell you, because it's more fun. An act of kindness Let it flow right out of you A little act of kindness Like when a cashier's having a bad day Try sending a little smile away Leave the to a bigger tear Give your children an extra hug No reason in particular Just because it Call up a long lost friend Okay, I hope that gave you some ideas. One last thing to share with you. Again, something that Rudy said. One of the reasons people aren't kind is because we live in such a fast-paced world. Let me explain. John Darley at Princeton did an experiment back in 1973 about the Good Samaritan. He had people complete personality questions and then walk from one building to another to give a talk about the Good Samaritan. And on the way, they encountered a man slumped in an alleyway, right in the doorway, who moaned and coughed twice as they walked by. This was all a setup. And the results showed that when people weren't in a hurry, 63%. Helped, but when they were very hurried, only 10% helped. Some literally stepped over the victim on their way to the next building. We are even more in a rush today than we were back in the 70s. So, the conclusion that I'm drawing from this and that Rudy was pointing to also is just slow down and take in what's happening around you. That will allow you to become a kinder person. Next, we're going to talk about individual superpowers, the gifts and passions that make us different from everyone else and lead us to our purpose. Let's go. Let's talk about hairstyling now. I'm very curious. Yeah. This is another one of your superpowers. So how did you know you were good at it? When were you drawn to it? Did you have a talent for it?
1: So, like I said before, you know, I, I come from a big family. Yeah. Um, Latino. And it's very hard, you know, to uh, culture-wise for a Latino man to be a hairstylist. Is because it? It, it? It is. It is. It was. Yeah, because, you know, coming out to my heart, to my family, it was, it was already uh tough us. Oh. And then being a hairstyle on top of that, it was even worse. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but I just got my passion when I was very young. I remember my sisters would fall asleep and I would break their hair. You break so their hair for sleep? While they were sleeping, I would break their hair. And I would play around with their hair. And it was just something that I just, I don't know, it was like I want you to be grabbing, holding hair all the time. It was like, there's so many things you can do with hair, um, styling, and it just became my passion, you know, as I grew up, I I got older. I remember, you know, going to school and I knew, like, I I knew I wanted to do hair. And I had a scholarship to go into architecture, which I declined because I was not a big fan of school, you know, and I really wanted to do hair. And so at that point, my family was really mad at me. Because like, hey dude, you know, you have a really you have like a ticket, you know, to go do your, you know, go to school, whatever. And you're choosing hairstylists, styling for this.
0: Yeah.
1: And so then I did. At that point, I had to leave my house. I need to be independent. I need to do what I want to do. And and so I did. My first best friend guided me. He was my my guide. Mm-hmm. And so like he was my mentor. Mm-hmm. And he showed me how to, you know, wash, rinse hair, blow dry, apply color. And then at some point he's like, Okay, you're ready. You need to go to school. So then he was my motivation. I went to Palm Mitchell. I enrolled. I remember the first day when I um when I went to school, it was like this is, it was like the happiest day in my life because I was like, This is what I wanted to do. This is really what I wanted to do. It was very expensive. And I was only like eighteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I could afford it. Yeah, it was it was a little tough, but uh, luckily, uh, my director from school, my teachers, they were really they're really, you know, great with me. They allowed me to just go to school, pay whatever as I could, uh, I could pay monthly, and I finally graduated, and I was able to get my license, and then I went to back went back to my my best friend's salon, and he says, "I am not going to hire you." And I said, "Whoa, why is that? You were my mentor. You're, you know." And he said, "That you need to go further than this. You need to push your limits. You need to go. You know, there is no more that I can teach you here." So that's when, <clears throat> when I started, you know, going to LA, and I started working, and I was a um, uh, an assistant for a really good hairstylist. His name is Paul Angus Mitchell, which is the son of Paul Mitchell, mm-hmm. and so that's how I started expanding my my, you know, interest and passion for hairstyling because then I started realizing that there was so much in the in this world, you know, in, in the beauty industry, industry. And I started specializing in color and extension and haircutting It was just amazing, you know?
0: Yeah, I love the fact that you followed your heart rather than capitulating to others' expectations of you. You know, that's why a lot of people don't answer their calling. exactly that's it their parents don't approve or their friends aren't into it or yeah
1: especially nowadays you know with the economy and everything you know there's so much of like expectation, especially from your your family you know uh society you know but i was like you know what i'm the one who's gonna wake up and i'm the one who's gonna work every single day and i need to make the right choice i can say that i've been building my own path you know I hadn't let any anyone of my family kind of like dictate that for me. They're over it now, you know. They're they're like, okay, your hairstyle is good, you know what I mean? So awesome. So whenever I, I go back home, they're like, hey, can you, you know, do this hair or whatever? You know, I'm like, sure.
0: That that's great for listeners to hear that if they tough it out, sometimes people do come around that, you know, I I don't I wanted to share just something about myself. I was a psychology professor and discovered that I could sing and play guitar and write songs while I was getting my PhD. And at one point, I knew I had to leave academics to try to go for it. And I was not supported for that at all. Not supported. But I did it anyway. My mother called me crazy. And now she brags about me. So it can turn around. Is not guaranteed to turn around, but it can turn around. How old were you when you were braiding, like when you were first
1: show an interest in hair i believe i want to say maybe i was like five i was like five or six and i was just like i would see my mom i would just watch her how you know, she would braid my sister's hair you know um and i was like i want to do that and so then i would always remember i would always look at the magazines they look at their hairstyles and look at their dresses and look at you know fashion and i was like oh i want to do that myself i want to be able to create that hairdo or i want to create that color you know
0: Oh, that's cool. You know, that's a little bit um, similar to, I think, songwriters will listen to a song and say, oh, I want to write something like that. Famous painters copy other painters. I think that's actually one of the little signals that your superpower is calling to you. You want to, you see other people doing it and you want to do it your way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 I agree with you.
0: Yeah. And the whole architect thing, where did that come from?
1: I was recruited from from this um academy and so because i had good grades in in middle school um it was based it was like uh it was it was based on architecture engineering and construction Mm -hmm. so it was like a a smaller school program but it was in a public school and the kids kids graduated high school college not knowing where to go you know and he felt like kids needed more direction where we were giving classes in computer and engineering and architecture. And we are you know, a small scale house so we can see if that's what we want to do, what was architecture about. But then the first generation was gonna come out with a scholarship. But I told you, you know what, I'm sorry, but I'd much rather someone else like enjoy this scholarship.
0: Yeah, how did you know, like, how did it feel? How did you know, no, that's not for me?
1: A lot of research <laughs> <laughs> and also doing internships. Um, it was It was a lot of pressure when I was in high school. It was so many expectations and deadlines that we need to meet. I just know that it was it was just going to be a lot more, you know, of like school. And, you know, I am a person that I feel I consider myself artistic and hands-on. And for me, I feel like I'm not so good at books. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, architecture, it was going to take a long time. And I just feel like, you know, I mean, I, I admire architecture, admiring architects, you know, that build great things. But I feel like I found myself building different you know things with care and the way I can kind of connect it now I mean nowadays I still use a lot of geometry when doing haircutting um and I also use a lot of chemistry when uh-huh. doing you know uh, color so geometry it still kind of plays a big huge part of my life you know I, I, I just I just I, I, I feel like that's my connection right there you know
0: yeah oh that's that's very cool So some of it kind of transferred over to your hairstyling. I heard that story from others too. Like if you have yeah. a job or you're following a path that doesn't quite fit, parts of it might fit. So don't exactly. like jettison the
1: whole thing. So that kind of keeps my passion going on. My background studying architecture and geometry, you know, and I can use that now more to feel like have that connection with my my career now.
0: I think it's part of why you're good. You d- did cuts on me that were f- Fascinating than nobody's ever done. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I can see
0: how (laughs) you've merged these different parts to kind of make a multifaceted superpower.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I hope Rudy's interview inspired you as much as it did me. I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. Here he is coming from a family that is struggling financially, and he gets a scholarship to study something he doesn't want to do. Talk about pressure. Talk about others' expectations to become someone you're not. Did you know that that's the number one reason why people don't follow their calling? But at the same time, Rudy already knew he had a passion for hairstyling since he was five years old. So he followed his heart anyway, despite the fact that his family did not approve. His belief that things will pass, that he can get through difficult situations, helped him persevere. Now, hairstyling is Rudy's individual superpower. No one can do it like him. He was born with that gift, and he made it his own by combining it with his love for geometry and understanding the chemistry behind mixing colors. So what is your individual superpower? What gift or passion or way of being is unique? What caught your interest early in life? Are you a natural-born writer, photographer, singer, painter, mathematician, leader? If you got an answer, but you're saying to yourself, yeah, everyone else can do it too. For example, you think you might be a writer, but you quickly counter that by saying to yourself, well, everyone can write. I can tell you with certainty that not everyone can write. And those who do write do it in different styles, in different genres, on different topics. That's the beauty of knowing what your individual superpowers are. And they lead you to your purpose. So pursue your passions with gusto And don't worry what everyone else thinks, okay? (laughs) Believe me, it will work out in your best interest. And you remember early on, we talked about universal superpowers like kindness and gratitude that almost all of us can develop with practice. That story about Rudy helping me with my guitar happened over four years ago, before the pandemic. Since then, I've become a practicing Buddhist, and I've noticed something really interesting. Since I've learned to be kinder to myself, people are kinder to me. According to Mingar Rinpoche, compassion is reciprocal. If you treat others compassionately, they listen to you more closely. They develop a sense of trust and respect. People who might once have been adversaries begin to treat you with more respect and consideration. Conflicts resolve more easily. You find yourself advancing more quickly in your career. The more open-hearted you become toward others, the more open-hearted they become towards you. So I hope that this podcast has given you a little courage to follow your own individual superpowers, no matter what others may say about it and also to practice kindness, because it will create a kinder world for yourself and for others. Thank you so much, Rudy, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for listening to Your True Calling. Please leave a review and share it with your friends. From my website, yourtruecalling.org, you can follow me on social media, learn more about my music and my coaching, contact me to find your superpowers live on the air, and help me produce future episodes by funding me on Patreon.